Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Blipton. I am one of your co-hosts, as always, Alan Ramage. Another daytime edition one. I'm very excited about this. With my co-host, Quam. Quam, how are you doing today, my friend? Ah, doing good, doing good. Fresh off of Moon Knight episode three. And we got a surprise trailer this morning. We got the Thor Love and Thunder trailer finally dropped. Yeah, I was getting a little nervous, man. Less than two months out, or I guess like three-ish, um, like two and a half months out. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah I mean, exciting to see because I was getting a little nervous. We never see one. I think I actually talked about in our last episode. I was like, bro, have we not heard anything about Thor? But yeah, I'm excited. The trailer was cool. It wasn't too revealing. Didn't really give us much, but at least we know it's real. You know, it's real and it's coming. So that's cool. <laughs> so that's probably the coolest thing about today. But yeah, another good week of Moon Knight. Another great episode. Ready to recap it with you. Yeah. And j- just before we kick into it, this podcast is brought to you as always by the 19 Media Group. Please be sure to go on to 19mediagroup.com. Check out all the good podcasts on there. Rate, review, have a look at all the podcasts. There's something for everyone on there. So please be sure. 19mediagroup.com, log on. There is something for everyone on there. So just get that out of the way. Support our 19 Media Group guys. As always, they are brilliant. Um, have I found anything, Quan? I, I no. don't think I did that. Like I said, no. 19 Media Group is the team. It's the Army, the Navy. We got everything you need. We got new contributors joining the team. A lot of great stuff. Like you said, it's something for everybody. So make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all tune in. Well, definitely. And then your your work schedule became rather fortuitous for us because we, before we dive into the moon night um into the moon night breakdown we i was i was trying to get us to record friday or saturday and because of work you couldn't um and it worked really well cuz we got a surprise teaser out of nowhere yeah like there was no speculation about enough it was like bam here yep. you go just dropped on us and first uh, reactions for both of us seem to be looks really cool, incredibly excited for it. Didn't tell us anything though. Exactly. Yeah. No. I mean, the trailer looked really cool. Um, gave us that 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 homely Thor vibe. Kind of felt, you know. Felt like Ragnarok, you know, you got a little bit of the humor, you got a little bit of the fun Thor, you know, you got to see a few clips of what the what kind of what they'll be doing. You got, you know, the Guardians popping, you got a really cool end scene where you see um the repair Mjolnir, and then you get to see um 
James Foster's Thor, which is also really cool. I actually did like the trailer a lot, but at the same time, it didn't really tell us anything. It didn't really give us anything of the plot. Basically, everything we already heard and knew about this story is all they showed us. We knew the Guardians would be a part of it. We knew New Asgard would have a part of it. We knew Valkyrie would be in it. We knew Jane Foster's Thor was going to be in it. We knew all this already. So they just really reconfirmed what we saw, but didn't really give us anything. And to your point, it was more of a teaser than a trailer. This isn't the official trailer yet, um, which I suspect us probably getting within the next month, month and a half. We'll probably get it late May, early June is my suspicion, uh, where we get the actual full-fledged trailer that will maybe you know detail a little bit more. Um, I'm interested to see how the media will ramp up their their efforts to advertise, similarly how they did with Doctor Strange. As you know, we didn't see anything from Doctor Strange until the Spider-Man second post-credit scene. Then you know we got a Super Bowl ad spot, and then slowly they've continued to ramp it up. Where damn near every commercial I see, there's there's a Doctor Strange strange one thrown in there so they really amped up the marketing for that and i assume right after dr strange are really gonna push for thor which i'm really excited for as well but man it, it looked cool again felt refreshing it just felt like a a, a dose of of nostalgia almost <laughs> it's kind of funny saying that because endgame wasn't that long ago but that's the vibe i got it, it felt really good and it, it it actually made me smile you know it's like ah, this this feels right this feels like the Avengers that we know and love that we've grown up with that we've all gotten to experience year after year after year. And that sense of, you know, returning to your roots almost is what I'm really excited for. But all in all, a cool teaser didn't give us much, but gave me enough to, you know, kick my excitement up another level. Yeah. And it's just enough for us to go, Oh yeah, it's still here. It's still happening. You have to remember that force going to happen. Um, I'm glad we even break. I love the little part where they show Fat Four doing yeah, the... Yeah, um, working out, doing the, the, ro- the battle out, ropes. The battle ropes, but it was like really big steel. Um, it seemed like something that, that, that holds a boat to the bay. Man, yeah, massive you know, chains. Massive chains, massive chains. And I, I just, yeah, I thought the visuals looked very good, but there's mm-hmm. not much to talk about because we, we knew that Jane Foster was going to be in it. Correct. We knew the Guardians were going to be in it. Correct. We sort of knew that this was like Thor's journey into discovering himself because he's never been down that journey before. Mm-hmm. Um, he's developed himself a lot more as a character since Ragnarok, obviously. But I feel like Endgame was a big reset for Thor. He needs to refine himself again. Mm-hmm. So again, them telling us that he has to find his own way, I don't think is very surprising for us, right? No. We knew Valkyrie was going to play a big part. We knew Asgard. We saw that. Um, we didn't see the villain, though. No. And I'd be cool with not seeing the villain until, until we go into the movie theaters. Exactly. I'm sure they might give us an indication when we get the official trailer. But for a teaser, this was great. Like I said, it teased the movie. It, it made me excited again. Not to say that I wasn't, but seeing something. It finally, after been waiting forever... Felt good, so I'm okay with it. You know, I, I liked what they did. I, I, it gained enough excitement. I'm seeing it all over, you know, Twitter, Facebook, all social media platforms. People are starting to get hyped about it. So that's what's cool, and I think it, it accomplished exactly what they they wanted to was start the hype train for Ooh. this movie. One thing that was new in it, Zeus. Yes, we did see Zeus. So is, will we get Hercules? Because I know in the comics, Zeus, um, I assume so. Thor and Hercules are really good friends. In the comics, so that'd be cool to get a Hercules. That would be awesome. I think that would be super dope. 
Yeah, it looked like and they is were that in... how we lead to get Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Man, it could be. That would be dope. That would be really dope. I just remembered there. I was like Zeus. Yeah, we did see Zeus. the lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. Man, I would yeah, love man. a Hercules appearance. I would love a Hercules appearance because I love their dynamic in the comics. So I think that would be super dope to have. Yeah, here. I'm in agreement, man. I'm. I'm... It's given us just enough to get us excited. It's still for it, but at the same time, we are, you know, still two and a half months away. There's still Moon Knight. There's Doctor Strange. There's, there's Miss Marvel. Marvel. There's a lot of content before them. all that be before that. Isn't that crazy? All this before we even get Thor. It's insane, right? We're, we're blessed to say the least. We are very. We got Wakanda forever this year as well. Yep. And we know nothing about that. Not a thing. Shout out to Marvel for keeping us guessing, man. You guys, you guys are phenomenal. Though. I don't feel like we need to talk about much more there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this just a nice little um, discussion, acknowledging the teaser, but at the same time waiting for more. Yeah, just very excited. I hope all the listeners are excited as well. I mean, I'm sure every Marvel fan out there is really excited for this again. If you've been riding along this journey for a long time, everybody knows how cool and important of a character Thor is. So it's going to be awesome. It's it's going to be a great movie. Um, just really excited for it. And I mean, we know, even though the teaser didn't give us much, we know people are going to be breaking down every single frame. There's going to be videos, Easter eggs, theories, but Marvel knows what they're doing at this point. They ain't got to give us a lot to get us rolling. So I'm glad that they did what they did. But yeah, that was that was great news. I'm excited for it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm really, I don't know. It feels so weird that we've waited so long for something about four. Because at this point, we'd had like three trailers for Doctor Strange. Yeah, we got a teaser, three different trailers. All the action figures, Funko Pops, everything's been all everything. It's felt like it's come out for this movie, and up until literally today, we had known nothing about Thor outside of a title and a bit of the premise, which the teaser only confirmed. But yeah, that's probably the weirdest part. Just felt like we hadn't heard anything about this movie for so long, but to finally get it on just you know a random Monday morning in April, hey, I'm okay with it. I like that they shock dropped us. I'm cool with that. I, I thought it was like, yeah, same. Played. They need to do this more often. Yes. I love getting my random Marvel fixes. It's great. Yeah. I'm just chilling on a Monday morning. Oh shit! Wait, we got we got a what trailer? Oh, oh, okay. I, I love it. I'm with you there. I'm with you. Now, let, that that was a nice little opener. Yeah. We're, we're hitting the main event for today's episode, Moon Knight episode three. This is your warning now. If you haven't watched it, what the hell are you doing listening to this podcast? Like seriously straight up um so three two one we are going to be talking about moon knight episode three starting now what an episode man (laughs) crazy a lot happened in this episode a whole lot yeah like the 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 worries that you had last week that we talked about on on the podcast Mm -hmm. i feel like some of them were alleviated a little bit 100 because of how much they included but we still only got three episodes after this. Yeah. That's which, which is what you talked about before we started recording, um, which is interesting. But I feel like we we're closer to getting a proper conclusion than we were last week, anyway, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So and again, I guess it all kind of depends on where they leave us off at the end of the series. I mean, yeah. 
Do they leave us off on like a cliffhanger-esque style because there's going to be a Moon Knight 2 where he's going to appear on the big screen? Or where do we go from this? I guess is the big thing. Um, obviously, I just have my concerns just based on how Hawkeye ended. That was the last Disney Plus series we have. And I'm, t- I'm telling you, that taste is still kind of sour in my mouth. Great series, but that pacing was so bad by the end of it. They just blew through everything and gave us an ending. It was like, oh, here you go. Sorry, guys. Happy Merry Christmas. You know, I hope that Moon Knight feels a lot better or they give us a clear direction at the end as to where they're going. They do all that. I won't have a lot of complaints outside of, you know, that. But episode three really made a comeback into terms of bringing the story around, introducing actually a lot of characters and doing a lot of really good character development, like a ton. So, I was actually really excited about this. I mean, even getting to see the portions of, you know, like where you had the Egyptian God Council and, you know, that whole thing. I actually thought it was really, really cool um, in ways to kind of open up this story a little bit more. Because up until this point, I felt like it was just kind of following the perspectives of Steven and Mark and Layla and just trying to figure out their whole scenarios. But this really opened up the story that it's much bigger than just what's surrounding these couple characters. Definitely, man. And... Like, I really like that in this episode, we'll just dive into the breakdown from there. Um, they start off with Layla, right? And she's getting a picture for a fake passport, mm-hmm. which which is interesting. Um, and who else is doing it for her but her mother? Yes. Her mother's creating a fake passport for her. Uh, I think that's wild, to be honest. But, you know, who, who can you trust more than your mom, I guess? Like... Seems like these people have a very interesting backstory. Again, there's a lot of backstory with this Moon Knight story. That, yeah. uh, initially, like how Mark and Layla got together. Who is Mark? How did he become this mercenary? You know, there's a lot in the back that we haven't seen. Even building on that, like, you know, we'll talk about it later on in the episode, but Arthur Harrow like mentions that Mark knows more about Layla's dad's death than he's letting on. He's letting on, yeah. And like so much it's there, man. A lot. And I feel like I don't again, I don't know if we're gonna get that all uncovered in this series, but yeah, it just feels like there's a lot of backstory that we haven't been privy to, and they're slowly revealing that trail more and more as the series has gone on. Yeah, I really like this. And you know, she's getting ready to re-enter Egypt. Um mm-hmm. she seems like that she's not been um she's not welcome back, let's say. Um, yeah. At this point, which is interesting because what happened when she left the first time to make her be getting, you know, false passports out. So there's a, I like Layla. I think she's a, she seems like an inherently good person in this story, but there's also some dark elements to it. And I like that. I like that this, this story's dark on the whole. Seems like they, both her and Mark, do have kind of a darker past that they're running from or have been trying to, you know, suppress. And, you know, obviously, like we see later in the the episode, like even when she's, you know, in situations where she has to, you know, defend herself, she seems quite adequate at doing it. You know, it's not like she's just sitting there getting her ass beat. She's not just the damsel in distress. She seems to have some mercenary type skills. So, again, where how did her and Mark meet? What's their backstory like? Were they on a mission together? Is this a similar thing to, you know, Natasha and Clint, but obviously less of a brotherly sister relationship because these two ended up getting married? Like, I'm very curious about what their backstory lies. That's kind of where I am. But I think they actually did really great 
uh, character development of Layla in this episode. Um, like you said, just continuing to open up her character a little bit more, and even just like from the sympathetic portion of her, and just even her understanding the differences between Stephen and Mark that they're not necessarily the same, and she's really starting to accept Stephen almost. And I think she's even starting to kind of like Stephen a little bit more because it seems like. His personality, obviously, as we saw, was kind of built from Layla. It seems like they click a little better, while Mark, obviously, you know, he seems kind of the odd man out because he seems so hell-bent on this mission. Obviously, while the mission is to, you know, keep Khonshu away from Layla, it's more of, it's coming from a protective side. He seems a little more walled up with his emotions rather than Steven, and Steven's essentially a new person meeting Layla. You know what I'm saying? So... I, I really do like the dynamic of how they're building these three out um, in terms of like their own individualness, but then how they all kind of connect and even how they, you know, cy cycle around Layla. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then after that nice little intro into Layla a little bit, we get Arthur Harrow with his um, goon squad mm -hmm. um, with the golden scarab showing where to dig. It stops seems like they found the right location to dig for Amits too. Correct. Um, again, great building of the villain here. Just great uneasy vibes around Arthur Harrow. Ethan Hawke's playing him so phenomenally here. Mm -hmm. like, he's doing such a great job. How did you feel about this part of the... When they're looking at it, and then obviously Mark, you can lead on to Mark. Um, Mark's little battle into finding out where Arthur is. Yeah, no, I mean, I I really do enjoy this scene because you get a little bit of, like you said, you get Arthur's mystique, his mysteriousness, mm -hmm. and that still continues to shine through. And like you said, Ethan Hawke has done a fantastic job of showcasing this character. And like I said, he's been such a calm villain. He's not like this angry, like, oh, we got to get... He's very calm in his nature, which, again, this is Marvel capitalizing on villains that don't feel like real villains obviously there's like an eeriness to arthur like a, a little bit of a darkness but he's not like this brooding overly you know evil villain he truly believes what he's doing is right and for the betterment of the world again which i think is marvel's done really well to kind of have like a sympathetic villain obviously he's batshit crazy and how he's doing it but how like the the way his demeanor is doesn't necessarily give you the the overarching villain theme to be honest <laughs> the biggest villain almost feels like it's it, it's Khonshu he feels like the yeah. more darker guy he's a little more brash in how he wants things to get done but no like you said when they find the the um the tomb I think that's an interesting part because it, it feels like okay now the timer's on what's the goal for the guys here is it to stop the, the the excavation of this tomb are they just gonna you know once Ahmed's out try and reseal them i again not really sure the full direction of it but we know that danger is here we're kind of getting more towards that part so then it kind of switches back to mark as he's you know scaling rooftops running along and he's looking for information on on where arthur is obviously they know they're in he knows he's in egypt but where's the tomb Comes across a, a group of goons on the rooftop. It's like, hey, you killed him. I need some information out of him. Um, then it kind of ensues into a bigger battle, just trying to figure out the, the grave site. Obviously, the people that, you know, he's battling aren't don't really want to give him this information. But, you know, Mark's a, a trained mercenary or whatever. He, so he kind of just goes to battle with these guys. Um, 
this scene was actually really cool because again you get to see mark in his element for the first time i feel like yes you know before we kind of got the glimpses the like but it was like flashbacks in and out so you didn't really get to see the full brunt of it this you kind of get to see how it is and it was interesting because he's not the cold-blooded killer that i thought he was no he has and that was what i was interesting he 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 felt like a morally sound. He's he's just gonna beat you till he can get the information out of you. But he's not just gonna be you know recklessly just slicing people's throats wide open. We even see a portion where he has the knife to him and he looks in the reflection. It's Steven saying, "Don't kill him, don't kill him." And Mark, you know, if he really was just gonna kill, him, he would have slit sliced him. He wouldn't have had a moment of like, hold on. And I thought that was actually a really cool point to kind of open it up to um, Mark's character. But then kind of as the, as, the, as the scene continues and he's, you know, just beating the guys up, trying to get the information, he's, sl- he's having the same phenomenon in episode one happened to him in episode three, where now this time it's Mark bouncing into Steven rather than Steven bouncing into Mark. And it's kind of, you know, skipping some of the, 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 the more brutal scenes to shift into Steven trying to calm down the situation or calm down Mark rather than steven switching or uh mark switching into steven to avoid danger so i thought that was actually a really cool thing that they did um you know he pops up in the cab and you know he's he, he doesn't know what's happening he's trying to figure out what's going on but again he's bouncing between himself and steven which i think was a really cool callback and you know he even goes back to the guys and he sees he jumps as he's in the cab and the cab drives by and two of the guys that um he was just fighting on the rooftops he sees him. He's like, hey, you guys, you know, jumps out the cab. They're like, what do you want, man? You just let us go. Again, Steven taking over the personality and like, you know what? You guys can go. I can tell you don't have the information, whatever it may be. Obviously, we don't know the exact conversation, but we see that Steven's trying to mediate the events that are happening. So I actually did think this part, this dynamic was really cool because, again, it was the reverse of episode one. And you see how yes. Mark thought he was fully in control, but Steven keeps jumping in. And now Mark's waking up in situations like, wait, I was. What, what's what's happening? He's missing components because of Steven's interference. So I thought this whole scene was actually really cool. And again, well done on Oscar Isaac for his ability to act through these personalities to make it feel like a, a truly confused guy who's like, wait, I was just about to slice this dude's neck. Now I'm in a cab and they're walking out like nothing happened saying, come on, baby, just let us go. What, what, what's the problem now? So I really like that part. And, and the cab be shouting, where's my money? Right. <laughs> Which Hilarious. is true. I mean, I can't imagine he got that far away because I mean, the dudes just walked out from the building that apparently he was just on the roof about to slice their throats open. So that was a part that I actually really thought was cool. Again, seeing Mark in his in his natural element, I thought was a, a cool change that we hadn't seen up to this part. But still, how they're fully going to be able to, I guess, work together will be an interesting journey. I think that's a, like a subplot of this entire series, just how Mark and Steven bounce the duality of being a hero that yes so yeah and then he starts chasing after him which is really you know interesting he gets hit in the head falls out when he wakes back up they're all dead apart from the young kid Mm -hmm. and steven blames it on mark mark blames it on steven but in reality it was neither yeah that's what it seems like and if you guys know anything about Moon Knight, there is a third identity alongside Mark and Steven in the comic books. And he's called Jake Lockley. I think this was our introduce- introduction to Jake. I agree. 
So for those again, people who have not who have no, you know, idea of this character, any backstory, anything about him, this probably took a lot of people for quite a loop. Maybe they thought it was Khonshu that may have, you know, stepped in and did something. But yeah, there's definitely a third personality who seems to be the most brutal. And you and I kind of talked about it a little bit before the show, how it's almost like a like a spectrum. You have Steven on like the far left. We'll just give him the left side. He's this super mild mannered, you know, calm dude, always trying to find the most peaceful situation. Doesn't really like conflict. A little awkward, but a really genuinely kind hearted fellow. You have Mark, who's in the middle who feels like, you know, he's a mercenary, but he does have a solid moral compass. He's not like the worst person in the world. He's a, he knows what he's doing. He's, he, but he, he, he understands his missions and he'll it's do a means them to an end. Yes. It's a means to an end. He's not just this, this ravage killer, but then you go all the way to the right and you got Jake who in the comic books was much more of a brutal killer. Like, you know, uh, basically the complete opposite of what Steven is. And Mark kind of finds himself in the middle. So just to kind of give you guys a frame of reference, if you are unfamiliar with the character, that's essentially the 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 four idiots way of understanding these three characters dynamic. Like I said, you got Steven, the super nice guy, Jake, the absolute psychopath. Mark is kind of in the middle. And so far, we've only really got the two the the first two guys that they've really shown and i'd be curious to see how much we get of jake will they even call him jake whatever it may be but yes this third personality has been brewing and i think it's really cool that we got that quick glimpse and we don't really get another one of him throughout the rest of this episode so i did think that component was really cool they just gave you that little bit just to get your mind jogging a little bit yeah it it was this was really well done Mm -hmm. like for it was it was a good enough nod for comic book fans that you knew exactly what it was but at the same time it didn't reveal too much for people that don't know what it was and leaves them in a loop and yeah. i love that part of it absolutely absolutely so, then you know he awakes and the kid and he's asking you know kid where is amit's tomb mm-hmm. where are they and he's got him by the scarf right yep um, and the kid just cuts him, man. Yeah. Praise Ahmed. Praise Ahmed. Cuts it. Falls off the and cliff. Falls off the cliff. I was not expecting that. No, Cannot yeah. lie. It was graphic, man. They even but, showed his body at the bottom of the cliff. Yeah, they did. At the once he hit it, yeah. The, the, after he thudded, you see him and um Khonshu looking off the cliff, and you see the the young man at the bottom just laying there. It's, and Khonshu's <laughs> just like, yeah, didn't expect that. Which again makes me feel a little odd about Kanshu, man. He seems a little interesting, but again, I think this is a component of the story where it just really shows how devote the followers of Arthur and Amit are. Like they would like this dude was literally rather die than give up this, the information of where the tomb was. So really shows the power of the followers of Amit and Arthur, which is interesting because I mean, does Kanshu have no followers? Does he just operate solo? It's just him and his avatar. Well, Amit seems to basically, you know, has an entire cult devoted to her. It's a female, right? The female yeah. god. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. So it seems to be, you know, pushing all the focus into building a community to help resurrect Amit while Khonshu's just working with just his avatar. So very interesting. Um, And then from that point, after the the young man cuts his scarf, you know, he goes back to talk with Amit. It's like, all right, so now what? Or not Amit, sorry, Khonshu. And asks, all right, so now what? What's the plan that we go to now? 
Khonshu expresses that he has a way that he can, you know, he thinks he can do this. And it's essentially by this trial that he's going to hold. Um, and so he, he just goes causes the, a lunar eclipse. Exactly. Um, they're all in Egypt, and then they go into, a, it, I assume it's the Pyramid of Giza. I, that's yeah, the only pyramid, great pyramid that I know, so I'm just going to say it's the Great Pyramid of Giza. <laughs> I, you know, so calls the council, and it's interesting. This is the part where I thought was really dope is because all the avatars from the other gods are all there. This is a true meeting, basically, where all the hostility is just met. It's just frozen. So you have, and this is the part where it's actually really crazy because, and I think this is where it could have thrown some people off because yes. when they got that third personality kind of there, um, that we, that us, we know is Jake. When they're at the actual meeting, Kanshu uses Mark slash Steven's body to talk through him, to talk to the rest of the, the, the gods and their avatars, which I think could have, it would, which if I had not known any backstory, I would have assumed the person that brutally killed those people was Khonshu just going in Mark's body. So just a little bit of a, a, a note there for you guys. But no, totally. This is this this scene was actually really cool once again. I mean, even Steven was excited as they're walking through and he's able to see the reflection. He's like, we're really in the Great Pyramid of Giza. Like, this is crazy. You know, him being like an archaeologist to an extent. I mean, he really just worked in a museum, but you can see where his passion is, which again, he aligns. Old guy did not museum, man. He exactly. He seems to know his stuff, man. So he's, you know, geeking out at this moment. Mark's kind of like super cautious, a little confused as to what's happening but you know once all the other avatars step out and you know the meeting begins Kanshu kind of takes over and you know they were even a little upset by you know it saying his 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 antics are you know unrivaled like Kanshu's always kind of you know the 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 showboaty kind of guy but it was interesting because it, they almost seemed like they didn't really respect him a lot like they didn't, Kanshu seem, to didn't really seem to be a revered god like at all they kind of no, shit on him a little bit they didn't seem to respect with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About humanity either. Those are the two things that's true. That I got from that. That they weren't really that bothered about Amit being released. Not really. As long as they don't meddle. Yes. That's what it seems like to me. Um, but Hathor is an exception to that. Yes. The, go the goddess of love and music. Mm -hmm. Apparently she's fancied her. I mean, you know, sure, deities <laughs> with, with animal heads. If, if that's you, you know. Yeah, that's your fancy. That's, that's how it works. That's <laughs> what they are. It's what the NED is anyway. Mm -hmm. um, now this this was I thought this was really cool because you had Isis, Osiris, 
all the mainstream Egyptian gods that everyone knows, mm-hmm. they're in the Ennead. And as a bit of a nerd about Egyptian mythology and stuff like that, as someone who's always loved that side of things, I thought it was great. Like the ancient Egyptian stuff's phenomenal to me. It's it's really it's a really really cool subplot, and I think that the, the episode took another turn when they some I didn't expect them to summon Arthur Harrow there. Me either. That was kind of gnarly. And then he starts to, to just completely break down Conchu, Stephen, Mark, and making them seem like they're crazy when that he's not going after um, Amit. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenally done. This entire scene, man. I really, really enjoyed it. Like that is just true. The, the complete breaking down of Mark Seaman to the point where Osiris goes, is it true that you're mentally unstable? And Mark goes, well, yeah, but I'm not lying. Yes. I think that was a point. I think Mark's and Stephen are finally, I think Mark's the main guy. I think Mark's finally admitted to himself that he, is, that he has got this issue, but it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that he can't percept reality. Mm-hmm. It just means that he's got to come at the reality in a different way compared to what a regular person would. Who That's have true. The idea. That's true. And and that was also the crazy thing for me, how easily the gods were kind of swayed. But you did make a great point. We said it didn't really seem like they cared much for humanity no. at all. And they really did not. Because Kanshu had spoken about, you know, I mean, um, they were kind of speaking about how he was basically banished once, you know, once before yes. for his antics. You know, Conchie's like, I was only banished because I didn't give up on humanity while all the rest of you did. They kind of talk about how their avatars are just meant to carry out their pur- their purposes, you know, not bring attention to them. And, you know, Conchie's like, nope, the power of the avatars is not enough. We need the gods. You know, he's, he's really trying to make this case that the gods should be more hands-on with this realm i guess they call they call the realm so apparently there's the a realm where the egyptian gods kind of lie and the earth is another realm and they're you know conscious feels there should be more investment in this realm all the other gods don't really feel that way they're just kind of like hey we're just here to kind of do our purpose not here to meddle too much we don't want to bring a bunch of attention to us but you you keep bringing attention to us by you know changing the sky and all that stuff and they they're not fans of that and that's that was the interesting part. And this is the one part where Kanshu actually felt like a good guy to me almost because he feels like he's trying to help humanity. Whether, again, his means are right, wrong, in between, you don't really know. But against this council of the other gods, you just see how much they don't care versus how much he appears to care, which I thought was a really cool component just for Kanshu's character development. Because up to this point, I thought he was just a straight villain. Like I didn't feel which like makes me think that he won't be the main villain of this. It, because easily, yes. if your if your um, if your intentions are to help humanity, and we as humans are the target audience for the show, mm-hmm. we're not going to be hating this character. He can't be the villain. Like that's where I come from. It like he seems to want to help humanity as much as he can. That's true. Just how does he want to help humanity, I guess, is the question. Because, yes. I mean, for all intents and purposes, isn't that what Amit's trying to do through Arthur? No. I mean, it's kind of similar. They just want to help humanity in their own way of them discerning what their help is. So, at least Conchu's way is killing people who are bad people. 
not judging them before they ever do anything yeah. bad or whatever. That's that's fairly that that make that's a fair assessment. But no, I mean, yeah, the the way the gods just kind of look down on Kanchu, they're like, yeah, we don't really we we already don't like how you do the showy mask and you know the the outfit and the and the flashy weapons. Like we already don't like that, which goes to express, I think they really don't vibe with the whole Moon Knight persona. I think they no. it's extra for an avatar. I mean, you look at the other avatars; they just look like regular people. You have a dude in a suit. You got a lady in a nice little dress. You have people in standard clothes. Obviously, Mark right now looks normal, but it, uh, you know he has his whole suit persona. And it's like, ah, is that really all necessary? I don't know. Maybe Kanshu just likes that. But I thought that was yes. interesting that the other gods seem to just like not really mess with how Kanshu does things, which I think no. was a a very telling portion. And I think that's probably the in my opinion, one of the this whole scene was one of the more important scenes of this episode, just because again, it gives the power dynamic between everything in this situation. Because obviously, while Amit is is supposedly on its on her way to be resurrected, and that is basically the the crime that Kanchu is trying to purvey to the the gods, doesn't really seem like you know. That they seem that concerned about it. Obviously, you know, they felt it was enough to bring Arthur into the trial, but how they were easily persuaded is crazy. She's like, I'm not trying to do that. It's simple. He's like, This is my old master, Kanshu. Why would I why would I do this? You know, like it, it felt like it wasn't a, a bulletproof argument. They just kind of ate it, you know. Yeah. Uh and so obviously the Anyads failed, Kanshu's got his warning. He mm-hmm. will be turned into a statue. Yeah, if he back meddles to back to stone. He reunites with Layla. And Layla says, there's a guy that could help us. Mm-hmm. And we are introduced to Anton Mogart, a.k.a. in the comic books, Midnight Man. Yes. Moon Knight's biggest adversary in the comic books. Um, but unfortunately, because of Gaspaulier, uh, his uh, unfortunate, sad passing, uh, I don't think that will be the case, um, unless they redcon Anton Mogar and make Mid- Midnight Man a completely different character, which was a shame because they seem to have a lot of good chemistry in these next few minutes of the, sh- uh, the next part of the show. I really enjoyed this whole discourse between Mogar, Layla, and mark yes i thought it was great it actually was really really good and that's that's a good point because this also it actually helps shine a little bit of where we think we're going but you know i i really do again this is another point where i like layla's interaction because she feels like in situations like this where they need to uncover information it's like steven's the better person here Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, let Steven out before, you know, you blow this like her, her distrust in Mark, but her complete trust in Steven, it seems very apparent in these next couple scenes, simply mm-hmm. because, you know, obviously Steven just, again, seems to be more like Layla in terms of personality. Again, I don't know Mark and Layla's entire backstory, but she seems to fancy Steven's usefulness, especially in situations yes. like this as they're reading the tomb and all that stuff, trying to gather information. It seems like Steven's like her guy. And again, you know he Steve seems to act better in these situations. Steven is Mark, but just the best parts of Mark. That, That's that her ideal true. husband right there. Isn't that crazy? 
it's, it's what it is. Yeah. The man that she thought that she married, if we're, if we're being real, just with a British accent. Yeah, a really bad British accent, but <laughs> you know, go off Oscar. It sounds good to me, man, but I'm not British, so I get I get it for for people with you know with the 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 natural tongue. It, it, it definitely <laughs> sounds. I'm sure it sounds kind of wonky. Yeah, but I don't know about you. Knowing that Gaspar Ullier unfortunately did pass away, and yeah. seeing this whole discourse, it makes me sad because I feel like this. would Especially if I think they will develop Moon Knight a lot further. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he could have been quite integral to it as well. That's true. It, it's a shame. That's true. I mean, again, we don't really know where Moon Knight's going to move off from this point. So I guess that's still kind of the... the Up in the air. Yeah. Because, I mean, is he just going to move ahead and be with, you know, Blade and the Moon Black Knight? Knight or is he going to stay solo? Is he... Is he gonna have a team up with Captain America, the new Captain America, and Bucky? I mean, you just don't know. So I well, guess that's the, the fact that they mentioned Madripoor, they did mention was Madripoor. really interesting to me. Yeah, because that's reconnecting it to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Which again, that's kind of where I'm interested because I feel like again, these are the more street level. Um, these are the more street level heroes. So I assume that they'll kind of they'll have some crossover at some point, right? That's the hope. At least I think that'd be really dope. Obviously, while the whole Midnight Suns formation would be super cool, I'd love to get you know some more spots where we get to see you know Sam Wilson, you know, get to get to run into the likes of a Mark Spector and a, a Bucky Barnes, and they they go and do something, you know, whatever it may be. I think that would actually be really cool if they, you know, integrated those stories a little bit more. Obviously, the the dynamics one's a little more lighthearted, and this is darker. But I'd really like to see more of that blending, that crossing over. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really, really, really intrigued into where Moon Knight will go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will go towards the because. Um, I think Black Panther, the whole Wakandan um, section of the MCU will um, will be involved somehow because Bast is an Egyptian god, and Bast yes. is the the deity that gives the Black Panther the power. The power, yeah, the, the yeah, lion, uh, not really lion, panther, panther god. Yeah, it's a, it's a panther god, mm-hmm. um, and that that's the one where they can access the ancestral plane. It's because mm-hmm. of Bast, you know, so. Yeah, that's right. I, I think I think there's a lot of crossover here that we're just not told about yet. That's but you true. Can connect the dots. That would be cool to get a moon. And I think Moon Knight's ability set probably does go a little closer with Black Panther because they are a little more souped up. I mean, you see in episode three, my man's getting stabbed through with multiple spears. You know, Steve's like, nope, nope, Mark, you're back up. Nope. And, you know, he's fine through it. You know, didn't, it wasn't like he died. Any, like a normal human, you're out the game. I think the Black Panther is a similar power set. Um, but, yeah, I think that would actually be really cool now that you think about it. You know, you, you got that kind of dynamic. Even Roland, I mean, we know Ironheart's going to be in Wakanda forever as well. And that introduction, I think you can get some really cool team-ups, especially with the way this MCU has grown. And, again, a lot of these these heroes even have connections in the comics and i think it would even be cool for disney to explore connections that didn't appear in the comics that would even be cooler too yeah know? like combine caps because captain america and the wakandans they they had a run-in mm-hmm. the falcon and the winter soldier you can combine moon knight with captain america and bucky and 
until it's time for the midnight suns, right? Like yeah, that's man. what it seems like to me. Hey, mashups, people are suckers for mashups. I know I am. <laughs> you give me a mashup of characters from different air. Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna eat it up. So I hope they continue to do that. But no, this was actually a really good scene. And, but again, Arthur. And if we're talking about mashups and stuff, there's been rumors about Gore the God Butcher being in Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah, and he's supposed to be the the and he's the, the main villain the in villain of Thor, Thor. the mm-hmm. Fall of and Thunder. Mm-hmm. So if Gore the God Butcher is in Moon Knight, then. This is somehow connected to Fall of and Thunder as well. It can get real spooky. Layers on layers, here. man. That's what I'm saying, man. But again, we know we're going to be slow burned. We're not going to be able to put these connections no. together overnight. But no, it's this is where this is where it's going to be fun. So then, you know, Anton and Layla are talking. We obviously mentioned the Madripoor thing, and mm-hmm. um, things seem to devolve pretty quickly at this point. Layla's trying to um, distract him while Stephen is trying to read the runes of the sarcophagus mm-hmm. and mr harrow pops up conveniently right on schedule <laughs> right on schedule and starts to convince anton mogart that you know he shouldn't be listening to these guys that he should be listening to him yep and this was really well done because again you saw the power of amit here you saw the, the power and and like you said i think what makes Arthur Harrow's Ethan Hawke's rendition of Arthur Harrow even more evil is that he's so calm, he's Always. so collected. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's great. It really is. Really, really is great. 100%. Feels like he's always in control of the situation. He's never frazzled, never rattled, none of that. Like, even when they were going through, um, like, when he's just talking, he's like, hey, why, why, why get the path to the treasure and I can give you the treasure itself? Yes. It's holding the scarab. Like the dude is just so confident, and it's again, you feel the menacing like like aura of him, but he comes off so calm and collected. He's never frazzled. He's never you know you know too amped. He's like always just even keel. And a dude that's like that in the face of everything. That dude's not to be played with. So I really do yeah. like how they how the rendition of Arthur because every time he appears, you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen? You know, like even though for the most part he's not really doing much, he's just kind of there to have a quick conversation or whatever. But you apart always feel yes, apart from this time where he displays a bit of his power, which he has ooh, a lot of it. He has a lot. <laughs> he is not. He's no slouch. We know that, but. I definitely think that was one of the cooler components. And then obviously once he kind of damn near blows the tomb up, now we, now we get a little fight scene. Yes. And this and fight, fight scene, scene was actually really cool because it's the first time you really, really get to see Moon Knight in some action. And it looks really good. And like and you was- said, the, the the sticks going through the fencing sort of like sticks mm-hmm. from, from the horse um, activities, it was really, really well done, man. Even him jumping off the the pyramid at first, and when he opens his cape, and it's the, the moon, crescent. Like, the crescent moon, like that was dope. Um, him throwing his, I don't know, uh, the his boomerang, the moonerangs, I don't know what are they actually. Well, he calls them random shit in the comic, so I'm just calling moonerangs. 
You can call him <laughs> so, that, so, you know, even his use of those really cool. And this is just really gets the first time you really get to see Moon Knight fight against multiple enemies. The tricks he has, his abilities of his suit. I thought you it was really cool. You get to see cool. Layla fight as well. Yeah, you she get to see Layla cool. fight. And again, shows that she's no slouch either. So she's apparently, again, her backstory is very, I, I'm curious that to see if they uncover it later on but she's clearly not just some damsel in distress she knows what she's doing she can handle her own so that's actually the part where i think it's really really cool but again you get mark in a situation where he's fighting one of the guys he's choking him and he's getting a little too crazy and then what happens we get the switch back and he goes right back into steven and, you know steven's hilarious you know he drops the guy he's like all right let's time out let's calm down everybody Every, i know everybody's a little worked up and then a couple guys on horses just run by they stab him a couple times he's like all right never mind take the body mark take the body mark i thought that was funny because again we had seen steven step in a couple times in the episode prior to this just kind of like all right I'm going to calm the situation when we're going to keep it moving, but these guys were not having it. So he's like, all right, well, I'm kind of getting my ass whooped here, so Mark, you're back up. And then, you know, it switches back to him, and like you said, he continues to get stabbed repeatedly, and again, this is a really cool thing that was just able to show his durability, whether it be the suit or whatever natural powers Khonshu instills into him. He's he, he can take a lot of hits, which I thought was cool. Again, you get to see the true abilities of this Moon Knight figure that we haven't mm-hmm. gotten to see thus far but yeah him and layla two badasses man they seem to make a really good team so i think it's dope yeah i mean i'm in complete agreement it's a great scene and obviously harrow gets what he wants they can't find where amit's tomb is mm-hmm. and this is where we get the country stepping in yep. and going look I, I i can do something I, I I know exactly what day what night it was. Yeah, I I know the star because they find the star alignment because you mentioned this before we started recording, where Mark just flips to Stephen seamlessly like that, and that in this scene is phenomenal. Yes. Uh-huh. Like it, it's such good acting by Oscar Isaac. Yep, it's such a seamless transition, and Stephen works it out, but he goes look. I could work it out if the constellation of stars looked exactly the same, but it doesn't anymore. It's been mm-hmm. 2,000 plus 2000 years. years. Yeah. So then country goes, well, you know, that's where I come in. And this was interesting to see country sort of sacrifice himself potentially. Yeah, because he knew the gods help. were going to seal his ass messing with the sky. Yeah, like this again shows me that country isn't a terrible person. No, mm-hmm. like I don't know whether you agree with me, but I don't think Conchu is this like horrible deity that the any had tried to make him out to be. Yep. Again, I think he's another one, another case of somebody who I guess loves humanity so much that he's willing to sacrifice whatever he himself, needs to, yeah. to make sure humanity is okay. And the other gods clearly don't care about humanity. We learned that earlier in the episode. They don't really have too much of an affinity of what they're doing or how anything's going. They're just like kind of like, whatever, do whatever you need to. But him being able to turn the sky back, they're able to find that. They're able to find the constellation in the exact place of burial of Amit's tomb. As Khonshu's kind of getting sealed, you know, he tells Steven, tell Mark to free me. You know, I guess he knows somehow that he could do this, but I thought this was a really cool scene. I guess this has happened before then, where Mark's freed him. Yes. I'm guessing this is the backstory that we don't know about as of yet. Agreed. Because, again, yeah, he was, he was a previously banished god. 
Sounds like he got out somehow. What what got him out? Was it Mark the first time? Is this gonna is he gonna need to do whatever he did before? But this was actually a really cool scene because, like you said again, it's Kanshu putting himself on the line where he hasn't really felt like a good guy up to this point. There's a few instances where you can see it, but he's always kind of felt like again, almost like more of an anti-hero. And I think that's yes. more aligned in what I had thought Moon Knight would be, but Kanshu is really kind of playing into that. So yeah, I actually I'm I'm not mad at it. This yes. this development of Contra was really cool because before it just felt like he was just kind of dangling like this carrot in front of Mark, like do what I say or I'm gonna pick my next avatar and it's gonna be your wife and you're not gonna like that, will you? So like that's always kind of what it felt like with Contra, but right here this really felt really genuine in his sacrifice to do whatever it takes to stop. Yes this resurrection of Ahmed, whether even if it's you know takes getting himself sealed in stone he was willing to do whatever he could to prevent this from happening so that yeah. will be the extra part the extra cool part that i think will happen but will he still be able to use the moon knight's like suit while Ahmed or while Kanshu is in stone seemed like he was losing his power so that's going to be the interesting point how effective can steven slash mark be without the power of Kanshu? I think Mark will be because Mark's a trained mercenary. Mm -hmm. Steven seems to have gained a newfound confidence with the suit, right? And being yep. Mr. Knight. How will Steven react? That that's the interesting part for me. Yeah. Like it's really well done this ending of the episode, man, because it's left us on a cliffhanger and we we know where it's sort of going, but we don't know how we're gonna get there, and we don't really know the destination at the end. Mm -hmm. We don't. And, that's how they, they they built this perfectly. Like the crescendo's coming. I just feel like it's like three episodes too short. Exactly. Like I feel like just now we're getting to like the crux of the series, but like it's halfway done. And yeah. like the ending was really cool. Like even when Arthur's stepping into the pyramid of Giza, and you know, you see he sees the Conchu statue in stone, and he seems to have this moment of reflection where he talks about, you know, had you not broken me so bad, I may have never known healing. Like I, and again, there's a whole backstory with Arthur and Khonshu of him being the previous avatar, how he became Amit's avatar. I have no idea, but there's a lot of history there. And he seems Arthur's almost declaring his victory at this point. Khonshu's mm -hmm. been sealed in stone. What can stop him now? You know, he's got this crazed yes. man. Again, that's the part where I find it really cool. And it, it, the episode kind of ends with him saying, you know, I'll do what you couldn't what you couldn't you know i thought that was a really cool point that he said you know even that his torment forged him so arthur has a very big vendetta against Kanshu, whatever it may have yes. been but they seem to have a, their dynamic seems to be the real issue of this whether it's amit or and arthur just arthur Kanshu, whatever it is is a really strong dynamic here that i'm I, i'm interested to see them uncover in these next three episodes but what an episode, man. A lot of really, really good stuff. A lot of cool relations built. A lot of, you know, curiosity towards the backstory of a lot of things, like what happened prior to this whole series. And I hope we get a little bit more of that uncovered at some point or another. But, man, well done. This is another phenomenal episode and is really, yes. really making this series feel like such a fun experience. I completely agree. Um, like I said, the only gripe I have right now is that there's only three episodes left because I think all three episodes have been fantastic. Yeah. 
Like these next three, they would have to absolutely like pack it to the brim and hit it out the park for me to feel a hundred percent satisfied at the end. I'll reserve my judgment until this next episode comes out this week. Um, and again, not necessarily judgment, but I'll just reserve my thoughts because if they really do well with this pacing in episode four, I'll feel good. Um, but yes. you know, one and two just felt like man. All right, we're building a bit of a story, but I feel like this story is so deep. How can you possibly tell every component of it in six episodes? That's where I feel kind of lost because we have this whole Layla backstory, the Mark backstory, the Arthur and Khonshu backstory, Amit's backstory. There's a lot of backstories we haven't gotten to, and I don't know if we'll get it in this series, but man. It's been a fun ride. I can't say it hasn't been. It's been an absolute pre- pleasure to be a part of this journey thus far. And Moon Knight seems to be such a great character. Oscar Isaac, all the actors, actresses, they've all been so good. The writing has been great. Only issue is pacing. But I can't say the pacing sucks because they might completely hit it out these next three episodes. And I got I ain't got nothing to say. So I'll take it week by week. But it's been it's been great. Absolutely phenomenal. I completely agree. Like it see oh. So Miss Marvel's going to have six episodes and She-Hulk's going to have ten. Which I find interesting because I would have flipped Moon Knight and She-Hulk with the episode length. I would have given this ten episodes whereas I would have given She-Hulk six. Man, give me all ten. Or at least give me an eight episode or six feels so slim. Yeah, if if, if everything's eight, it's cool. Yeah, eight to ten, I need everything. Six feels tough, but again, if they're leaving us on some wild cliffhanger that teases like a a big screen feature or return or whatever i i'll live i'll live but you know like i said i'll reserve my further judgment because i heard everything seems to get really crazy after episode four a lot at least from a lot of the people that got to preview the series they were only given the first four and i heard like that seems to be like the true true climax the end of episode four so five six are supposed to be incredible but it seems like nobody's seen them to confirm but Mm -hmm. man I'm excited. Do three. This is I. I can't say that I have a lot of problems with the series. Is just taking it for what it is. So, what a, what a great what a great addition to the MCU. I think Moon Knight's here to stay, and he's gonna he's he's gonna have fans just truly in love with this character. Yes, a hundred percent. Completely yeah. agree. Uh, nice way to round off today. Um, Quam, thank you as always, my friend. Yeah. Where can the people find you and all your great stuff? Ah, you can find me right here at the Blipped In Home. You know, this is where me and my 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 fantastic co-host Alan like to chop down all the fantastic MCU business. So, I mean, you're already here. So stick around for more. You can also find me on the Twitter sphere at Laquam James, also a, a co-host and contributor to the Late Night Lake Show podcast. Make sure if you're a Lakers fan, <laughs> check that out. Even if you're an NBA fan, check that out. Also, a co-contributor to Alan's fantastic nba chat so holler at me there if you see me there so alan's been up to a lot of great stuff but again to to echo what we said at the beginning of the episode 19 media group ton of great stuff all the shows i mentioned are part of the 19 media group so hey we're all in one spot for you but mm-hmm. alan i'll let you i'll let you let the people know where they can find you and all your great work as well alan zero free on twitter as always nba charts flipped in um just talk to us on Twitter, man. We like talking MCU as much as anyone. Trust me. You know, it's not just in podcast form. If you text us about this stuff, we will. I promise you, we will reply. Yeah. So so let us know what you think. You know, we will absolutely discuss it with you all day long if we have to. When we can, anyway. Yeah. When we have time to reply. Um, but we will reply to you, I promise. I absolutely. promise we will reply. So thank you for everyone listening. Please be sure to leave this podcast a rating review. 
um, wherever you find it, whether it's Apple, or it's we seem to have finally worked out the Spotify issue. Thank God. Yes. Um, so everything seems to be running on full cylinders right now, heading towards the climax of Moon Knight and Doctor Strange, and oh. I cannot be more excited. Oh man, it's gonna be incredible! I cannot wait. And as always, guys, be sure to stay safe. Get vaccinated. If not, get boosted. Wash your legs. Wash them. All over. And be sure to stay blipped in. Take care, guys. Have a good day.